Yeah. You got some pants on? Yeah, I've got pants on. <laughs> <laughs> we we are. <laughs> okay, so today we've got a bit of a special guest, uh, all the way from uh, from Tokyo, which is uh, at least an hour and a half away from us on the beach. Uh, this is our very good friend Jamie, a very famous Australian in Tokyo. Hello, Jamie. Infamous. Hello, how are you boys? <laughs> hey, thanks very much for coming and joining us here on our little podcast. Because we were, we need some we need some more people. Yeah, we need some people. Because, we need some interesting stories. <laughs> because the stories are getting thin on the ground. Talking about shit, <laughs> shitting yourself, going on holiday. We need some more people that have got the similar stories. Yeah, so Jeremy, tell us, uh, tell us how how do you do you know me? Because we know each other for a long time, right? Do you remember where we first met? Yeah, so I met, I met Duncan. It's uh, I should tell you the date, even September two thousand and two in Yogiwahara. You've got the you've got the memory of an elephant, mate. It's unbelievable. I do, mate. Yeah. So, so we met at uh, an English school we're working at on Sundays. So that's right. We, uh, yeah. Became mates, and yeah. Was that so was that I, sports I guess for, Yeah. 18 years 18 years. years yeah 18 years yeah. so have you been working you've both been working at sportsplex place for 18 years uh no, no, <laughs> no it wasn't sportsplex what was it called um i can't remember it was called language services or something oh, in, 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 english first wasn't it english first english something first like that. that rings a bell is that yeah. is that that multinational place that's got them everywhere no 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 it was, no, a, it no. was a couple of americans no, who set it up yeah. Was Americans it have, was it in yeah. the was it in the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. Yogi Bahara, Yeah, that gym doesn't exist anymore. Did they did they knock yeah. that train station down? No, no, I was in Yogi Bahara, but that gym it must have closed years ago because it became Gold's Gym after that. So yeah, I, yeah. But did the yeah. the re the re did all that train station, didn't they? Want the knocking it down and then building it back up again because concrete were. It were mafia concrete and it won't earthquake ready. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember, mate. I, I, I used that station a couple of times. Like in the during the school year, I used it a couple of times a week. I bike down there and that's your train in my other job. But yeah, it's a funny station. Yeah, it's a bit, bit of a confusing place. Hmm. Now, when I met you, Jamie, do you know that place in mountains that we went and did that work in? What what's it called? That I met you. I, I met I, I met you before then. Yeah, no, but what was that town called? Kofu, oh, okay. Kofu. Kofu. That's right. Right. Yeah, we were yeah. in the lobby of that hotel, and I introduced myself to you, and you said, "Oh, we've actually met before." Yeah, yeah well, I met you in two thousand nine, two weekends in a row. We went to the rugby with uh, Tom. I met you through. Right. Tom. All right. So yeah. so it was that in um, Guy and Mai around that area near the Yakult Swallows Stadium. Yeah, and I, actually, you gave me a number after. You goes, give me a call if you ever want a beer, and I called you, and you never called me back. So, I'm trying to call you again. The phone was <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Jamie, do, do you remember Darren's drinking days? No, because only, we only met twice. We went two weekends in a row to the rugby, and we're just sitting there and drinking all day at the rugby. And How was you, he? He told me, he said, there's uh, this, this great bar in... Um, I think it was in Nishi Shinjuku. It's 180 yen for a beer. It's great. Don't tell anyone about it. I said, I'll give you my number and we'll go. Don't tell anyone about it. I said, great. Called you up. You never called me. Then I didn't see for five years. But I think about 2010, I left 
and went and lived in Spain and then came back and I don't I've not booze since. Yeah, you don't drink now. Um mm. I remember going on the piss once with you in Shinjuku and I was quite alarmed by your behaviour, <laughs> even by my standards. <laughs> and I was pretty uh... This is the the culture well, I don't know if in the north of England you just get it's the quantity, not the quality. You get as much <laughs> you get as much down as possible and who cares what the conclusion's gonna be? You'll deal with that in the morning. Yeah, that's fighting. That's the yeah, cops. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. And that's why A and E on a on a Friday and a Saturday night is always packed with people with broken noses, broken teeth, stitches. That that's what it is. Well, you're not selling it like the tourist borders. <laughs> but um, you, after after this pandemic, I give it about two weeks before doctors and nurses are getting attacked in A and E in the UK. On a Friday and a Saturday. Yeah, I would be surprised. Yeah. yeah, it won't take long before in, before all this clapping. I think in Sydney. Yeah, I think in Sydney, the last few years, uh, they don't serve. I think one o'clock you can get your last. It's the last event you can go to, and they start only serving the plastic cups because all the glass things were going. <laughs> oh, that's insane! <laughs> that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can... yeah, they, yeah, they went to the spirits after. Midnight or something? Yeah, they call them uh, the uh, the lockout laws. I've had them for about four years in Sydney. So Sydney nightlife apparently is terrible now. I didn't know that, but that sounds just unbelievable compared I, to where we are here. I lived in the cross for six months. <clears throat> it was fantastic. I used to start work early at five o'clock and cycle through the cross yeah. to go down to Matreville, past the SCG. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... Four o'clock on a Saturday, I saw this fella running out of this strip joint, getting uh, chased by two bouncers. Come back here, you motherfucker! And I just—they <laughs> were getting away from. Him. I just stuck my foot out, and he went barreling over in that road. And these two <laughs> bouncers were on him, and he's like, "You motherfucker!" Just as I cycled off. <laughs> Great days. I don't know what he'd been up to in that strip club, but they were beating him. They were beating him up. There were some great pubs up the cross. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you remember. Uh, used to be a pub in the corner. I used to call it the Goldfish Bowl. It was like a corner of Victoria Street and the main strip of the cross. Is that um, you know on on the left or, on the left or the right? So the station would be on the left, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was on the station side. Yeah, station side. Was it was it that sports bar? Yeah, it was kind of a sports bar. Yeah, it was a bit yeah. of a dregs bar when I first yeah. went to Australia. Yeah. Cause then, it, then it got yeah, sort of My my, because I was just the other side of William Street, so my local was the Darlow Bar and Green Park Hotel. Oh, great bars, man! They were the my local. So as soon as you cross that William Street, it were a different, completely different, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit seedy. And, yeah, because yeah. I that was a great bar too. Yeah, because yeah. that's where I'd start my Sunday session off. Green Green Park, Darlow, down to the Bells Hotel. Uh, Pie Floater, and then up in uh, Manor War, Australia Hotel in the Orient. Oh, the Orient. Oh, it's yeah. one of my other Saturday night favourites back yeah. in the day. Have you, have you been <laughs> No, Australia? no, no. I'm always wishing to go. 2002, no. 18 years ago, and I still remember that pub crawl. <laughs> the Sunday <laughs> session. 2002. Well, that's when I first met Jamie then. Um, so, Jamie, we're here on the coast about an hour and a half away from where you are roughly... Uh, and this coronavirus isn't really affecting us, to be honest, here that much. I mean, there's a few restaurants which are closed and are doing takeouts. But apart mm. from that, I'm not noticing much much impact here. How's things 
up there with you in it because you live in the center of Tokyo, there, right? Yeah, I don't know, mate. Um, I don't really go out like I, I try to avoid people, mate. So I go for a walk along the river. Yeah. And there's a, yeah, you know, there's a, quite a few people still out in the rivers and the parks. But I went down to Koenji two days ago, and there was still there's still quite a few people around because it's Golden Week. Yeah. But most restaurants were doing takeouts, but they were still open, but all their doors are open. And a yakitori place, which is quite famous there, that was open. There was about. Oh, it was about six tables outside, and they're full, and they're all really close together as well. So people are not really practicing social distancing. Yeah. Is that the yakitori place on the corner at the end of that shopping street? Yeah, Taisho. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Uh, just across from the station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is there. that underneath yeah. the station? No, 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 not not Before. those ones, mate. Oh. No, it's, it's it's another one. It's across from the station. It's okay. the original one. I, I don't really like it that much. I've only been a couple of times. Yeah. All right. So not not a lot of social distancing. Not not a lot of social distancing, you reckon? Mate, none, mate. I um actually I had a bit of a middle aged rant two nights ago. So I was walking on the river <laughs> and there was a bunch of young young Europeans with their kind of hipster Japanese friends. They all probably come from a share house and they're walking down the river drunk and yelling and carrying on and I had a I had a bit of a had a bit of a middle aged rant at them, mate. Yeah. Oh well done. What'd you say? Yeah, can't repeat it, mate. <laughs> something about my first meeting your head. <laughs> if you don't behave yourselves, this is this is podcast I listen to from the Guardian, Guardian called the uh, Football Weekly. You heard of it? I watched. I yeah. listened to it this morning. Yeah, it's old Barry, mate. Old Barry's classic, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- Barry, Barry Glendenning. Yeah, oh, he's a miserable bastard, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But that's the sort yeah. of fellow you want on on something like that. <laughs> I, yeah. In fact, I listened to I listened to back end of that when I were uh, when I was in fact, yeah, that's it. Thank you for your time. Uh, you're welcome. It's just finishing now. Great podcast. That's what I was listening. That's what I was listening to. That's what I was listening to on the way over here. It's just finished up. Yeah. yeah. And that uh, football weekly with uh, James Richardson. Yeah, I don't listen to that one. I only listen to because I listen to a couple from Australia. I actually listened to one with uh, Bozzo. Remember uh, Mark Bosnich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's got a podcast in Australia. Yeah, he refers to himself in the third person. He goes, the Bozzo's here. Oh, Jesus. And then he goes, oh, I won't really talk about my time in London. I don't want to bore you people. So, so... Me and Dwight, you look good mates. You see, you see when, when the Premier League started, the first Australians to come through... Over there were Bosnich, Viduka, Kewell, Cahill, and I'm sure there were. Who, who were... Lazarus, Lazarus, West Ham. Right, okay. And who were that? Um, who were that Australian that had that god awful season last year with Huddersfield? Oh, was that uh, Moy? Moy, that's it. He was the only shining light in that shower of shite team last year. <laughs> but where's it? Where's he gone now? You got Aston Villa? Yeah, I don't know because there's only there's a guy at Brighton as well. Who's I think there's only two Aussies in the Premier League. Remember in the uh, in the nineties there used to be about ten because there was another keeper, Swartzer. Swartzer, he went to Bradford City first. He were at my That's team right, first, yeah. and they were in Championship, and then he went up to Middlesbrough, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Lucas Neal, he was a he was a Blackburn. 
I don't, Defender. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I remember Harry Kewell because he played at Leeds United and he married a girl who were on Emmerdale. She was a Cockney bird That's right. that were on Emmerdale. Is he still married to her? Yeah, he still lives in the UK. Well, his parents are from, he's, uh, he's, his parents are from the UK, so he still lives there. Is he still in charge of Crawley Town? I don't know what he does. Uh, yeah, I think he might. I read something that he's still managing or something, but I'm not too sure. I think he's got a few bits and pieces going. Most of them, I think Tim Cahill, he lives back there too. Because hmm. he's married to a girl from uh, Liverpool or something, I think. No idea. No idea. Uh, so that's... Yeah, but... What about Kiwis that have done well in, in UK? Okay, well, I've got a long list there, mate. Ryan Nelson, <laughs> remember him? What, what, what sport, what team? Okay, uh, football. This is Premier League, mate. So he played for Blackburn. Nineties. then he went to QPR, and then he had a loan spell at Spurs. Then, of course, Chris Wood. He's, he's a bit of a superstar. Chris Wood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnley. Yeah. Burnley. And... Uh, Oh, Winston Reid, mate, West Ham. He was a uh, he was there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because the Dutch, and the Dutch set it on fire. Denny Hay played uh, two Premier League games, so I think we've had four, mate. Just the four. Didn't you have some uh, yeah. some Kiwis go to Holland? Because you were quoting names to me yeah. back in the day, uh, fifteen years yeah, ago, who I never heard of. Yeah. yeah, most most Aussies and Kiwis when they start off in Europe, they all go to the uh, go to Holland first or Belgium. And if they, basically, most of them end up staying there all the time. Yeah. So it's been the guys like uh, a guy um, Ivan Izovich. He was at uh, FC Roda. Roda, yeah, Arnhem. Yeah. yeah. And there's a guy now. Um, he plays. Oh. Uh, is it Eindhoven? Eindhoven. Yeah, PSV. Oh, that's a big team. Yeah, major team. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot his name. Um, uh, Ryan Thomas. Yeah. So he's he's playing for them for the last couple of years. He's doing quite well. He's a regular. Okay. And, what and one of the biggest team? Yeah. The eighties, who was a superstar, played in the Bundesliga for Bayern Bremen. Winton Rufer. But you, you know your stuff for a Kiwi. I got to say. Oh, mate, I was growing up with Shoot Magazine, mate. Mm. Yeah, so. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> when when you had that one channel in New Zealand, how were the sport getting through to you? In papers, did well, you have, did you have a match of the day? No, nah, mate, when I was a kid on Sundays, we'd have big league soccer with Brian Moore. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was it. So, and you'd only get, when I was a kid, the only live game you would get, you'd get the FA Cup final once a year. That's it. And that's it. Oh, and you get, like, if New Zealand played, you get them, obviously. But, uh, I'm trying to think, what else? Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah. But there's no internet in them days, so you just get the papers. Uh, yeah, you'd have to wait the paper, mate. Yeah. Oh. Mondays, you get the results. Oh. You've got to be a pretty big fan. So I, was quite into soccer. I was quite into soccer as a kid, so then I moved more into rugby. So. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. But all those all those expats that are living in New Zealand, did they have their own teams? Because in um, in, Aus- in local side. well, in New South Wales, Newcastle are called Newcastle United, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and all that shit. When I was a kid, there was a national league, and the city I lived in, they had a side in the national league. And you go there, and there'd be loads of Poms, Italians, bloody what else, Croats, mm. you know. But um, Greeks? No, nah, they didn't. Nah, not so many Greeks in New Zealand, but they did. Oh, yeah. I think in the lower leagues, they had sides. Like they had sides like Wellington Olympic. 
Yeah. Wellington Hungarian. So they kind of have ethnic sides as well. Like in Australia, you had all those Croatian sides, Serbian sides, Greek sides. Yeah. A lot of Greeks in Sydney. A lot of Greeks in Sydney. Marconi. Yeah, so I listen to this podcast. It's about Australian soccer, and they talk about the old days when it used to be all ethnically divided. So it'd be Sydney, Marconi was Italians, um, Olympic were Greeks. Um, there's a couple of other Croatian sides. Yeah. Yeah, though, yeah I, what I noticed more than anything else were the amount of Italians and the amount of Greeks when I lived in Sydney. I was once, I was taking the ferry across Sydney Harbour from Manly to Circular Quay and there were this boat, this yacht and he just unfurled his uh, sail and the wind caught it and it was the Italian flag. The whole <laughs> sail, it was huge and it sort of opened up in slow motion and then he went off. Yeah. I thought, you're obviously a, a complete ass. <laughs> I remember Sydney, like when Italy used to win the World Cup, there's an area called Leichhardt which is like the Little Italy, mm. and they all have the Italian flags out, and they'd all be going nuts, because, yeah, I think... When did Italy win the World Cup? 2006. 19? 2006. Oh, I mean, before that. I mean, in the 90s. They never won in the 90s, did they? No, no. Uh, yeah. 80, 82? 82, that's right. Dino Zoff was a goalkeeper. Yeah, correct. yeah, eighty-two. Because yeah. when he scored, when that I forget who scored, but when he scored, he just run off, shaking his head with his arms out. You remember that? No, mate. Impressive. I mean, I was watching it, but I don't remember these facts. I wouldn't Sp- know when Italy won. Spain eighty-two. I think they won it three times, haven't they? Let me check. It's, it's three times. Yeah. The one is a very early one, I think. Yeah. Hello, two thousand and six, eighty-two. It'll be very early. Fifties or something. In the nineties, in the ninety four World Cup, who was in the final? Uh, no, they they lost to Brazil in ninety four. That's right in the final. Yeah, because um, oh, Baggio, Baggio missed the penalty. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't. I, I just don't remember the, who was who. Because anyway. England didn't get there, um, and everybody was supporting Ireland. No, they've won it four times. They've won it four times. Let me have a look. 2006, 82, 38 and thirty four. Anything pre-war doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> football didn't step. So, have, are the Dutch the the most that have got to the final and lost it? Uh, twice, uh, three times to the final. I think they lost it. Yeah. Seventy-four, seventy-eight. Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that nasty ending. Yeah, Spain. I was I was in um, I was living in Spain at the time, and I was in Torrevieja. And the place went mad, and I phoned Gav up, and Gav were in Duncan's bar. That's right, I spoke to you, yeah. And he passed the phone to Duncan, not a fucking word could I understand. Yes. <laughs> I was basically swearing, I think, the whole time. But that, that was a right party that night. It's fantastic. That was a very strange match, because Holland played very well until that match, and then it became some sort of MMA Yeah. The most bizarre tackles and red cards, or should have been red cards, and very violent game. That I think Howard Webb did well because he could yeah. he could have had the Dutch down to about nine or eight. The young, I think, was sent off. Yeah. Actually, that World Cup, the 2010 one in South Africa, there was only actually one undefeated team. Can you name them? New Zealand, three draws. Yeah, they put a DVD out about it. <laughs> <laughs> National treasure. <laughs> 
Have they always been called? Have they always been called the All Whites? It started in, um, I think, in nineteen eighty-two when they made Spain. So that was my first World Cup. I really remember. Yeah. So um, I think it was just yeah. Everything's a play on the All Blacks. So the basketball team's called the Tall Blacks. <laughs> the hockey team's called the Black Sticks, <laughs> and the um, the cricket team's called the Black Caps, and the softball team's the Black Sox. Yeah, so it's just the play on the All Blacks. It's a bit sad, actually. Yeah. yeah. Why did you move to Australia? Oh, uh, I think what it was, mate, is just when you, yeah, our age, when you grow up in New Zealand, mate, it's always I don't know, it was always a bit depressing, mate. And Australia was like the sort of shining light, better weather, more jobs, more opportunity. And I've been there for a couple of holidays, and and when you when you move to Australia, man, it's great. You know, if you lived in Sydney, you, yeah. you just love it. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I, you see, I went the other way. I went from Sydney to New Zealand, and I didn't like New Zealand. I remember you saying, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I, I, I've said it many times. I'm as far away from Yorkshire Dales as I could possibly be, and it looks exactly like the fucking Yorkshire Dales. <laughs> Dry stone wall, <laughs> sheep. Green rolling fields, and after come after spending so long in Sydney, having the time of my life, and then going there, you've just sort yeah. of dropped a couple of gears, haven't you? Oh, you do, mate. Yeah, but that, I think when you live in Sydney and then you move to another city in Australia, it's, it's kind of the same as well. So yeah. you know, Sydney what? and Melbourne are pretty hard to compare with the rest of Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you yeah. would you go back to living in New Zealand or Australia? No, nah, mate, never, mate. No, no, no ambition, no plans, mate. Because my kids are older, and they, you know, just own a house, mate. Why would I want to live there, mate? Yeah, yeah. You'd be bored, mate. You get bored after a while. Yeah, be boring. All the way up in Darwin. Yeah. What were you doing up there? Because it's it's mate, was, it's uh, horrific, is the weather up there, isn't it? In the summer. Oh, it's tr- it's terrible, mate. It's uh, it's just oh, it's unbearable. What, what's unbearable um, about it? Um. Well, I went up there. I um. I got a job with the uh, Northern, Terri- Northern Territory Correctional Services, uh, working in the uh, the local prison, and I'd done that before in Sydney, so I uh, was my second prison. So I moved up there, and uh, I remember when I got dropped off, I said to the guy at the airport, "I said, just drop me off in town, mate." He dropped me off on the main street, and it was just it was like a ghost town, mate. It was just empty. I went, oh, maybe I've made a bit of a mistake moving here, but I'm stuck here now, so I'm going to make the most of it. What's the population up there? Uh, Darwin, when I was there, I think it was about... The Territory had 160,000 people, so Darwin probably had about, oh, I had to say 90,000 maybe, maybe 100. 90,000, so that's Wembley Stadium. Oh, yeah. That's a Wembley Stadium-sized yeah, city. But you had a lot of interest. You had a lot of backpackers and that coming through in the dry season, coming through Asia. Yeah. Or people leaving from Darwin, you know, trekking through Asia. And you had a, a big military, you had a big army base up there. You had the oil workers, all the government workers. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, um, it was a very male-dominated town. Hmm. So, uh, you basically go to the pub on a Saturday night to the local Irish pub. 170 people in there and 10 overweight women and they were like goddesses. <laughs> <laughs> Sought after, eh? So what, uh, what, was, uh, yeah. what were the we main... Comic, uh, what's the main economy up there? How are they, how are they making the money up there if there's... Uh, mate, it was just... Um, there was a lot of money up there because uh, there was mining, uranium mining, um, oil in the Timor Sea and 
tourism, mate. Yeah, so, and there was um, yeah, there was a lot of because it's a territory, not a state. They've got a lot of uh, federal money as well. So, but it was a very expensive place to live. There was no train there. Did you? So all the vegetables would be shipped up from down south, and your meat, and yeah, a very, very, very expensive place to live. Did the did the prison service provide you with your accommodation, or did you have to rent yourself? No. Nah. No, nah, mate. So I went up, and the first ten weeks, I had to do. Re- I had to. I've done. The, I've worked in a prison before, but because I've been out, I had to retrain because it's a different state. So you got put up in the police college for uh, ten weeks, which is great. So you got all your meals, accommodation for free, and then the time I moved out, I, I'd saved up enough to get a deposit on the place. So I just I rented an uh, ex-Aboriginal Housing Commission unit. Mm. <laughs> no air conditioning. No air conditioning. <laughs> no and no air conditioning, no port it was terrible, mate. <laughs> I, I stayed in that for a year, mate. And the bedroom was on the second floor. I had like it was a uh, like a townhouse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh, it's just dreadful, mate. Yeah. So the why do you have to retrain to go in a different prison? What's the oh, difference between oh, a Sydney prison and a Darwin prison? Oh, because I, I I worked in New South Wales, but then I went overseas for two and a half years, so I'd been out too long, and. Yeah. Working in Darwin, you have a totally different type of prisoner. So most most of the prisoners were eighty percent were Aboriginal. So it's a totally different type of crim to your Sydney criminal, you know. And what? Yeah, so um, with yeah, the with the Aborigines, was it mostly drink and drug abuse? Oh uh, no, drugs. Yeah, drink, mate. But they, these are actually because the territory is the only place you really have full-blooded Aborigines. So. These um, full bloods, they couldn't even speak English most of the time, and they're coming in terrible conditions, mate. It's like they're living in Ethiopia or something, coming with boils and scabies, and uh-huh. yeah, just yeah, it's like a hell farm for them coming into prison. <laughs> no, but they'd be in for yeah, mainly drink things or or uh, if in the community, sometimes they have a uh, tribal punishment, so they do a tribal punishment to someone, and then they get arrested for it. Uh, they call it white man's law. So they have blackfellas law and white man's law. So they come in, but mate, it was good. They loved it, mate. They were good as gold. And um, did you get? Did you get some? Play pool. Play pool. Do you get some mm. lifers up there then? Oh yeah, there was plenty of lifers. Yeah, mm. um, there was one guy. He was in for life. He was mad. Uh, Andy Albury, and he was separated. He was on twenty-four hour um, segregation, mate. And he was on medication, so he wouldn't move. He was just a psycho, mate. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't. If we took him out, we had to like put him in a handcuffs, leg bracelets, irons. It was so dangerous, and he'd killed a bunch of people up in the territory. He'd, he'd cut them open and stuff, and eaten their insides and things like that. Wow, well, Hannibal Lecter. Eh? Uh, I, I, you I, I, him. You think he's really classy? Oh, old oh, like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, most famous. Oh, he was probably then. He was probably in his early forties. Yeah, I think he's in a. I think he's in a mental institution now. They got him out of the prison. Yeah. But yeah, there were a few lifers up there. Yeah. What was his name? It was a wide section of crimps. You get blokes in there for uh, Andy Aubrey. Oh, well, let's Google this man, eh? Yeah, very, very uh, dangerous man. How many? How many did he do? How many did he kill? Sorry, what's that? How many did he kill? I'm not too sure, mate. I, I saw... I'm not too sure, but I saw a police interview. They showed us in the college once. Um, about, we're talking about an Aboriginal woman he killed. 
Um, but they they reckon he killed a lot more because up there it's easy to kill people, and especially Aboriginals, mate, because they're not they're not registered. You can just kill them and leave them in the bush, mate. No one will ever find them. Yeah, yeah, they'll get eaten by dingoes or crocs or something. Yeah. So it's a it's a very easy place to go missing if you want to go missing. Bloody hell! <laughs> so so it were it were eighty four. Yeah, wow. Are you, are he just it. No, 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 no. This was nineteen eighty four. So he'd been in there a fair while when you? when you were working up there. Look, yeah, they're even they're even Northern Territory. That, that's March the Northern Territories. Hannibal Lecter. Ah. <laughs> so what what um what sent him like that then? Were he just wrong in head or his childhood? I don't know. No, no, I think his mother was fine, mate, because his mother used to come up from Victoria twice a year and he loved Kentucky Fried Chicken. She used to ring him up Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I think he had a very good mother. She was quite nice, but uh, he's just wrong in the head, mate. Yeah, just yeah. a bit of a screw loose, just a psychopath. How, uh, how was he caught eventually? I, I don't know, mate, to be honest. I think he uh, got arrested and I think he went and showed where he'd done the crime. I think he admitted to it, yeah. I think, yeah. Because oh. I remember him saying, he goes, well, I met this Aboriginal and killed and then I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and got a feed. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> and, and what about yeah, the crim- Go on. And when I was in the... Before I started, because the reason he was in segregation because he was on a... Um, he was working in the garden one time and he got up a pickaxe and put it through a guy's head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he, uh, he was on... Yeah, he was never, never with anyone, mate, yeah. He's sitting in his cell all day on loads of medication, and he's like a big fat Buddha, mate. He was just, he must have had a body fat mass of about 60% because he, he didn't do any exercise. Well, <clears throat> so so there were few and far between up there in Darwin, mother. Folk like yeah, that. He didn't get many, yeah, he didn't get many people like that. But because it was a, um, yeah, it was a small prison, yeah. You, yeah, you got people in there for bugger all and then like, you know, mass murderers and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Do you think, like I said, most of them are Aboriginal. They're in for some of them are from pretty horrible crimes, but they were very, very easy to manage. So, are the, is the criminal different up there than they are in Sydney? Oh, very different, very different. So, Sydney, when I worked in the prison there, where's the uh, where's the prison in Sydney, Jeremy? Uh, Long Bay, Long Bay. Um, do you remember uh, Maroubra? Kind of, yeah. You, you know, Coogee Maroubra. Yeah, yeah. It was the next big surround called Malabar. It was kind of at the end of a point. So it's on. So it's on coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on the coast. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it was a big complex. It was a big maximum security place. There was about four prisons inside there. And what year were that? And I worked. I worked there from '91 to '94. Um, yeah, I was. I was very young, and it was yeah, a totally different type of crew. You had. Uh, That's when heroin was very big in AIDS. So you had a lot of junk. Most of them were junkies. You had a lot of. Uh, you had a few heavies, a few like you know underworld figures, um, you know, a few Italians, Lebanese, Aborigines, Kiwis. Yeah, it was a very different type of prison service. You know, very. You know, you're heavily armed. Like you know, I used to do a lot of tower duty. You'd have like, you know, semi-automatic weapons and. Yeah. How old were you? Very, in, very how old were you place. in '91? Full of uh, yeah. How, how old would you have been in '91? Twenty. Jesus Christ. That's quite a, quite 20. a life to, was 20. to have there, eh? I mean, that's quite an impact. Yeah, mate. It was, um, 
Yeah, but I think when you're younger as well, like I was a bit naive as well. I grew up very quickly. But um, I remember one time, I think I told you the story, Duncan, I thought, these crims are pretty friendly, aren't they? Now he's sort of joking around. And then uh, one time, one of them said to me, he goes, boss, if, you, if we ever have a, uh, a right, you know what's going to happen. I went, oh, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into details. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember you once uh, you oh, yeah, once I... you once explained to me uh, you had to break up a train. Oh, I won't go into details about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's that here for. The, that was in the protection wing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I saw some. Yeah, there was a lot of homosexual. There was a lot of um. Well, how would I describe it, mate? Um, straight on the outside, but uh, one crib said to me, he said when he goes, boss, on the outside, I'm straight as. But on the inside of fuck's a fuck. <laughs> so all these young criminals that were in their late teens, early 20s, they would have been just pounced on as soon as they got through the doors, would they? Um, basically, um, I remember they they started like, you, you couldn't, that prison you didn't go to about 20. Yeah, most of them are actually older than 20, 21. But they started up a, uh, I remember they started up kind of a, a young sort of wing guys, say between 19 to 22, yeah. had these mentors, all these heavy crimps. But apparently, what they were doing, they weren't mentoring, they were just raping them daily. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you get things like it, you get a heavy, and I remember this one heavy, uh, Frank Stokes, he was a big bastard. And I remember he used to get this young bloke into his jail because he used to come and say, Oh, Chief, can uh, Jones do a, a swell swap swap today? Yeah, all right, no worries. Or what does he want to go in for? Oh, he wants to, me to help him with his uh, legal paperwork. But you knew what was going on, yeah. Well, but, you know they were consented, so, yeah. So, yeah. You know. Hey, Jamie. So now you live in uh, you live in Tokyo now, and you're not a prison guard, obviously. But prison how, officer, how... Yeah, I've been called guards. <laughs> how I beg your pardon. How how would you compare your lifestyle now with with the old life in Australia? Oh, uh, very different, mate. Because I'm married and I've got teenagers, and yeah, I just. And I'm older. Um, I don't know, mate. It's probably a lot, yeah, a lot better than when I was living in Darwin. Yeah. So. Well, so the the big yeah. question, the big question is, what would you be doing if you'd still be living in Australia? What would you be doing now? Uh, I probably would have gone to the police. I'd say I probably would have changed over to the police. Okay. Um, hopefully, I would have been married. Um, and hopefully, I would have been. Uh, I would have still probably liked to stay in Darwin, but I wouldn't have wanted to go to another town in the territory. So yeah, I probably yeah I probably would have gone to the police or probably just stayed in the prison and just made as much money as I could with overtime and my superannuation and probably gone to Bali every six weeks or Thailand. Yeah, sounds, that do. sounds all right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I probably would have married someone from Thailand as well. So yeah, I like my speed <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> Left her in Thailand and just flown back in every six weeks. Because I'll tell you a funny story, just talking about ugly women. So the mayor of Darwin, when I was living there, he put a big advertisement in the paper. He said, all unattractive women in Australia are welcome in Darwin. We need females up here. <laughs> and I I used to know this girl. She's quite nice. And uh, I, she was massive. She used to wear a boob tube. She must have been, oh, she must have been about 16 stone <laughs> and a mini skirt and heels. And she's a blonde. And she had the best-looking boyfriend you can ever imagine. In Darwin. He was like a two of Yeah, and he was like a really good-looking guy, you know, big ponytail. He, he worked for a tour company. And I said to him, I said, mate, can I ask you a question? 
investigation. I said, mate, why why does that thing happen? Why are you with that woman? He goes, look around. What choice do I have? <laughs> yeah, good point. I said, she's every time I see her, she's getting bigger and bigger. She's still wearing that boob tube. Her stomach could be hanging over a miniskirt. Like, remember the fat slags and viz? That's yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Yeah, she was a nice girl. She was that size. So, so how, what were it men to women up there then? What were the ratio? Oh, the ratio. Oh, I'm not too sure, but you got the locals, and they sort of they were kind of yeah, people have been there for generations. They were kind of like mixed race Aborigines, and um, yeah, they sort of yeah intermarried. But uh, you get a lot of people from down south, um, but people wouldn't stay long. But oh, when I I go to the pub, mate, it'd be terrible. You know, just go in there and be cock soldiers, mine workers, and big ten big fat slags. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, yeah, just really unattractive woman, mate. Yeah, just horrible looking things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'd say when you go out for an evening out, probably seven to one, eight to one. Jesus. So, were there any uh, were there any people there who would who would sort of marry Thai ladies or Indonesian ladies and bring them back to that that area? Oh, well, the internet hadn't really got up then, but there was a lot of guys that were the mail order rights. Um, yeah, oh, so a lot of guys were married to the Filipinos, um, and that didn't really work out. Uh, quite a few guys had married Indonesians um, from Timor, which is uh, only an hour away on the plane. So, yeah, there was a lot of guys married to Asians. Were that Timor when it was blowing up and it were dangerous? Um, it was... I The last time I went there, I think I went there in... I think in February 99, just before I came here. And that was West Timor, because East Timor was still part of Indonesia. Yeah. But I remember walking around, and I just noticed so many soldiers, because no tourists went there, and so many, like, intelligence officers, they were terrible intelligence officers following me around and on their walkie-talkies, and it was getting pretty heavy. Mm. And a lot of people were trying to get out of East Timor at the time. But, um, yeah, that, that blew up as soon as I got, came to Japan, basically, they had a civil war. Yeah, that was very nasty. I remember the uh, Australia yeah, went in there, didn't they? At the end. Yeah, Australia. You said the Brits went in as well. The Americans, mm. yeah. But it was it was kind of an unofficial war because the Indonesians basically they had militia who were actually just uh, Indonesian soldiers in civilian clothes um, fighting the um, the peacekeepers. Mm. And when they when the Indonesians left, they went and burned everything. They said the militias did. They went and burned everything to the it's ground. They didn't want to leave it. anything. Yeah, for the team Marines. Is it all right to go visit now? Yeah, Brian's yeah. team. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got a mate living there. He's been up there for about twelve years. He's doing security up there. He reckons it's fine, but yeah, he says it's still a pretty heavy place. You got to watch yourself. So is he is he yeah, just doing is place. he just doing six weeks in there and then getting out, or is he living there? Uh, he's living there. His sister and brother-in-law own the international school up there, and he's been doing sort of like uh, helping at the school and uh, doing yeah. a bit of security and management. He's sort of semi-retired, and he married a Filipino quite a bit younger than him. Yeah, so he's just well, he's stuck there now because of the virus, anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he he leaves about three times a year, goes to Bali on his holidays. Yeah. You see, you I can... know he enjoys life. Yeah. You can carve yourself out these lives where you can do shit like that if you just get out of your home. Like like you getting out of New Zealand, you getting out of Holland, me getting out of England. You can, yeah. and, and when you talk to other people that are still in your own 
home country, they think, wow, but you can do that. And I think, with especially with me from the north of England, you're not told you can do that as a kid. But yeah. as, as soon as you do it for the first time, you, you think to yourself, well, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Yeah, mate, it's easy to make. It's easy to make it, you know, to go out there and do something you want to do, mate. Yeah, probably yeah. not now, but uh, it's a virus. But yeah, yeah, I think our generation too were a bit more adventurous than the younger people as well. You know, we didn't have the internet. Yeah, you know, we were sort of if we if you wanted to see someone, we actually physically had to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you, do you think yeah. your kid? Do you think your kids will get out there when it's when they're old enough or not? Um, it's hard to say, mate. Um. My daughter's kind of a bit of a homebody. She wants to go to university in Japan. My son, his dream is to play for Liverpool, so maybe he'll go first. So, yeah. So we'll just see what happens. But, um, yeah, maybe, maybe. How is yeah, he, I'm not too sure, mate. How is he getting on with football now? Well, it's, it's, it's been closed down, mate, so he hasn't been in there since uh, the last week of February. So, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, he, he goes out and he'll, he'll train with a mate, and he'll do a run, and he does some weights, and then he... But he's he's getting a bit frustrated. I can tell he's starting to get a bit stressed out by it. But where where is he on the track to becoming a professional footballer? Oh, I, I don't know, mate. I think this season he probably would have he would have had a bit of chance because he, he's grown a lot. He, they changed his position in February, changed to the defence. So um, yeah, it's just up to him, mate. He's got to have a bit more drive and stuff. So how old I is he? How old is he now? He'll be fifteen next week. So is he is he playing for under fifteens youth team or? Yeah, yeah, he's in the uh, the junior youth. So he started the last year of junior youth this year. So they're going to make a decision in the summer because they only take a few guys up to the youth side because they recruit from all around Japan. So these couple of months are going to be really important for him. But um, yeah, we'll just see what happens, mate, when it starts again. Which which team is it? Is it saddled himself with? Gurawa uh, Reds. Fuck, so he's shot straight to the top then, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's done well, but um, like I said, mate, everything, everything's on hold with sports, mate. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen, you know? Mm. But yeah, the, the... I think the only thing I'd is probably start maybe May the 28th, start talking about starting the National Rugby League in Australia. I don't think that'll happen. Oh, no, because they haven't had many cases, so they're going to really isolate them because... And they're going to put them in quarantine, and I think they're going to put them all in a big complex together. But you imagine three hundred footballers together, mate. It's <laughs> not going to go down too far. The, the <laughs> French, it, yeah. The French league shut down, aren't it? Oh yeah, they're, they're finished. Yeah, they're finished. As, yeah. as Dutch, have they suspended? Yeah, stopped. Yeah. Who were top? Ajax. Alkmaar were second, weren't they? Yeah, they didn't go through. I think we had a better goal difference. There's only one league going in the world. Do you know what league that is? Ukraine. Belarus. 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 Because <laughs> that, that uh, president of Belarus is such a corrupt motherfucker. Um, he oh, yeah. says, oh, just keep it going, keep it going. And the play, he played in an ice hockey team, didn't he? And he was out there on the ice. <laughs> is he the one who just said, drink vodka and you'll be fine? But he, yeah, some funny things. He built himself a palace, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was supposed to be a presidential palace. And then he's he's written it into law that when his presidency is over, he gets to keep that, and you can go fuck yourself. Okay, so that's about it for today. Uh, Jamie, thanks very much for joining us today. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, 
would uh, would you like to come back I again? Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time, let's hope to have you here in person because this we're having a little bit of delay with the uh, the answering questions. I've noticed. So yeah, if if you could be down here next time, that'd be great. Whenever this uh, virus uh, leaves us, of course. Yeah, I'll try and get down. Yeah. 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 Is there anybody you want to say hello to? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll request Friday. A chill did like us to fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks very much for having us. We'll see you when we see you. Take care, man. See you later.